This is the sermon podcast of Lord of Life Lutheran Church in Columbus, Ohio, where we proclaim God's extravagant grace, radical inclusion, and relentless compassion. Join us for worship on Sundays at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., or 11.15 a.m. This is Lord of Life. There's a place for you here. For information, please visit our website at www.acceptingall.com. Good morning. Here's a reminder from Isaiah. If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong, and you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of the streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own ways, serving your own interests, or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth, I will feed you in the heritage of your ancestor, Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. And now a word from the reading of the, uh, from the letter to the Hebrews. Now from Hebrews. You have not come to something that can be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that not another word be spoken to them, for they could not endure the order that was given. If even an animal touches the mountain, it shall be stoned to death. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to innumerable angels in festal gathering, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse the one who is speaking, for if they did not escape when they refused the one who warned them on earth, how much less will we escape if we reject the one who warns from heaven? At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised, yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This phrase, quote, yet once more, unquote, indicates the removal of what is shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us give thanks, by which we offer to God an acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for indeed our God is a consuming fire. Holy wisdom, holy word. Thanks be to God. The Holy Gospel according to Luke the 13th chapter. Now Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And just then, there appeared a woman with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. She was bent over and quite unable to stand up straight. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said, Woman, You are set free from your ailment. When he laid his hands on her, 
Immediately, she stood up straight and began praising God. But the leader of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had cured on a Sabbath, kept saying to the crowd, there are six days on which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be cured, and not on the Sabbath day. But the Lord answered him and said, You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or his donkey from the manger and lead it away to give it water? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan bound for 18 long years, be set free from this bondage on the Sabbath day? When he said this, all his opponents were put to shame. And the entire crowd was rejoicing at all the wonderful things that he was doing. The Gospel of the Lord. The passage that we hear from Isaiah this morning is spoken at a time of great anxiety because the remnant of the Israelites have returned to their homeland. They've been gone for 40 years in exile in and around Babylon, the result of their homeland being conquered, Jerusalem being sacked, and them being taken off into captivity. But now a new empire has arisen, Persia, that has defeated Babylon, and its ruler, Cyrus, has decreed that the people should be able to go back to their homeland. And above and beyond has even given a charitable contribution to enable them to rebuild their temple. And so now this last beaten up remnant comes limping in to what's left of their homeland. Strangers now. And there they find the fields gone back wild, Jerusalem's wall pulled down, the temple destroyed. In short, just about everything that they remembered, everything that made them, that gave them a sense of who they were, gone. It's not hard to imagine the sense of vulnerability this group must have felt. And so they got to work. They got to work overcoming all the obstacles before them. Hostile neighbors who weren't sure what to make of these migrants coming across their borders. They got to work rebuilding the temple so that they would have a place to worship God, to pray, to worship, to offer sacrifices, and they got busy rebuilding the wall of Jerusalem. Indeed, first the wall, so that they might be protected and could get on with their lives in safety. 
but it was a tough job. Not only did they have to contend with the hostility of those around them and the various plots and mechan uh, machinations, there we go, um, thank you, um, to stop them in this work, but they had to deal with their own bickering and their own uh, internal dissent. But as anxiety rose, they redoubled their efforts, threw themselves into it to finish this wall. Build that wall. And it's in this time that Isaiah speaks. He reminds them of who they are. He reminds them of what they are about. Because when anxiety comes, anxiety has a wonderful ability to focus priorities. And their priority was to build that wall and to get back to their lives as quickly as possible so that they could once again begin being God's people. They could once again worship in safety. They could once again follow the law and do God's will in a hostile land. But Isaiah comes to them flipping the whole thing upside down. You're worried about getting established first. Be the people of God first. You want to build the wall. You want to rebuild the temple. You want to get settled and then be God's people. No, be God's people now. When you feed the hungry, when you house the homeless, when you give justice to the oppressed, then you will be called the repairer of the breach. You will be called the repairer of the city. You will be called a light to the Gentiles. But note the cause and effect. Then you will, not the other way around. Likewise, then in the second half, he picks up the subject of Sabbath. You want to rebuild the temple so that you can sacrifice, so that you can pray, so that you can worship. Do those things now. Observe the Sabbath now. Then, then, Life will fall into place and you will understand who you are and what you are about. You will understand why it is you are doing all these things. And by the way, I just want to stop one second and point out how wonderful it is 
that we have a God who commands rest. Who commands us to take a nap. Who commands us to let go of everything one day in seven. What a miraculous thing. What a wonderful thing. What other God does that? Invites us to rest as a way of reminding us that life goes on. That God's kingdom is unfolding as it should whether we are working or not, whether we are anxious or not. Keep the Sabbath first, then. And in today's gospel, it would seem that we have found someone who has heeded Isaiah who understands that command and is intent on keeping it. For here Jesus does an unexpected healing in the midst of this synagogue service and someone jumps up and says, Whoa! It is the Sabbath. Remember the Sabbath first. Come back on one of the other days and get healed. But here, too, there seems to be a loss of understanding. Whereas the first one throws things in reverse, perhaps as a way of accenting how far off things have gotten, here in our gospel lesson, we are reminded that actually they go together, that they cannot be separated. We do not do one then the other, whether forwards or backwards. Rather, they both belong together because work and rest should not be polar opposites. Our work should be our joy and our purpose. Our work should be what guides us deeper into being truly human and to being truly part of God's work in the world rather than something we have to get through, something we have to get done with so that we can spare a little time to take care of our neighbor. We can spare a little time to bring healing to a bleeding world. The Sabbath is not the Sabbath made for humankind rather than humankind for the Sabbath, Jesus says. It is a source of joy for us, an opportunity for us. But man, it's hard to keep that in focus when we feel anxious. 
I look at the world around me and the older I get, the more the question becomes real as to whether I should be optimistic or pessimistic. Because it seems that so many of the things I see seem to be heading in the wrong direction. The Amazon is burning because what economic advantage is there in keeping a forest? You can't farm a forest. We go and get ourselves involved in punitive wars without ever addressing why these wars keep popping up over and over again. We argue with each other, trying to keep a sense of parity, refusing to let any nation get ahead of another economically, and so we keep pushing off responding to global warming further and further and further, and we become increasingly numb to the news that comes into us. It's hard not to feel pessimistic. It's hard not to become anxious. It's hard not to hear that call to Sabbath. Excuse me, it's hard to hear that call to Sabbath. But then we gather around the font and we take another child and we pour water over their head and we recite the sacred story. We recite the way that God has embraced, redeemed, and renewed the world in every generation. We remember that we are part of one family as we bring this new child in. We remember that we cannot laugh when another is weeping, but we also cannot weep when another is rejoicing. We remember that we are not alone and that our fate does not rely just on our own efforts and our own abilities, but rather is part of something bigger. In short, we are called again to the Sabbath reality that for all of our anxiety and for all of our toiling, we can let go. God's got this. We let go for a moment and God takes this child and makes it part of something bigger, something wonderful. Makes it part of this sacred and holy story that is bringing us down through the ages toward the inevitable conclusion that ends in joy, that ends in completeness, that ends in health for us and for all of creation. I believe that God can do this it doesn't mean I step back and say, you got this, I'm out. 
but rather it means that I can take part in this story without the anxiety that somehow it all relies on me. I can take part in this story without feeling alone. Amen.